FMR at the movies with Nick Plummer. Good evening, film music fans, and welcome to FMR at the movies. On the 8th of February, yesterday, we celebrated the 92nd birthday of the master, possibly the greatest ambassador for orchestral music in the movies, admired, respected, and an influential hero to many film score composers today. Happy birthday, John Williams.
Written for the 1996 Atlanta Olympic Games, that was Summon the Heroes. Written by John Williams, who stays firmly in our spotlight for the duration of this week's program. John Williams is the only person to be nominated for an Oscar in seven different decades, and at 92, he's the oldest ever Oscar nominee for his score to Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny in this year's Oscars. Let's crack straight on with the Imperial March from The Empire Strikes Back. Sometimes referred to as Darth Vader's theme, the Imperial March is often heard when Darth Vader appears in the Star Wars films. Although it never actually happened in the original Star Wars, do you know why? Yeah, it's because the theme hadn't actually been written at that point. Probably the longest-running, most prolific, and most successful director-composer partnership in cinematic history is that between John Williams and Steven Spielberg. 
Their collaboration began 50 years ago in 1974 with the crime drama The Sugarland Express. John Williams' score to the Sugarland Express, his first of more than 30 films collaborating with Steven Spielberg, who in 1984 took the Indiana Jones franchise into a dark place with the sequel The Temple of Doom. Now many people thought some of the set pieces were a little too intense and gory, but there's no denying it was literally, if you've seen the movie, a roller coaster ride from start to finish. 
the parade of the slave children from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. The Superman movie franchise has had eleven theatrical films released, and there are two more in production. If you add the thirty-plus direct-to-video releases and unofficial adaptations and parodies, you get quite a few Superman movies. But here's a quick question for you: How many of the Superman movie themes can you sing? I'm guessing just the one. This one from 1978.
The original theme from Superman the movie, still probably the only Superman theme we can immediately sing. Besides Steven Spielberg, John Williams has worked with other directors, notably Richard Donner for the Superman movies, Chris Columbus for Harry Potter, and Oliver Stone for Born on the Fourth of July, Nixon, and JFK. The JFK score was almost unrecognizable from Williams' other work of the time in the late 80s and 90s, and it showed that he had an even greater depth and breadth of composing talent.
Music from the prologue to JFK. FMR at the movies. We return to the earlier work of John Williams with his score to the 1969 film adaptation of William Faulkner's novel *The Reavers*. It stars Steve McQueen as a likable but slightly disreputable character named Boone Hogenbeck. You don't get character names like that anymore. Thank、you
John Williams' score to the Reavers. In the same way that The Empire Strikes Back and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom were darker, more intense sequel movies, so it was with the 1997 follow-up to the 1993 Spielberg dino extravaganza Jurassic Park. It was a stroke of genius to place Jeff Goldblum's character, the chaos mathematician Ian Malcolm, front and center of Jurassic Park: The Lost World. As he reluctantly leads a rescue mission to an island crawling with even more genetically resurrected dinosaurs, almost every one of his lines in the film could have easily been annotated with "I could have told you this was going to happen."
overture to Jurassic Park The Lost World from 1997. Also in 1997 was another of John Williams' extramural to Steven Spielberg collaborations, this time with Jean-Jacques Hannault and his extraordinary epic war drama, The Biographical Seven Years in Tibet, which is based on the memoirs of Austrian mountaineer Heinrich Harrer, recounting the years he spent in Tibet during the Second World War. The film had captivating cinematography and equally captivating music.
Yo-Yo Ma, the solo cellist featured in the music of Seven Years in Tibet. We return to the Indiana Jones franchise. Now, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade from 1989 should have been the final movie in the franchise, in my opinion. Even though the scores to The Dial of Destiny and The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull were examples of John Williams doing what he does best, Spielberg really should have listened to Jeff Goldblum's line in Jurassic Park. They were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should.
we've just had a whirl through academe, which followed a set-piece chase sequence through the hallowed halls of Professor Henry Jones' fictitious workplace, Marshall College, in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And just like that, we're at the end of this evening's celebration of John Williams' ninety-second birthday. But not before we hear from those lovable, feisty little critters we first met in 1983 in the third Star Wars movie, The Return of the Jedi. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Ewoks.
finale from The Return of the Jedi, echoing our sentiment of many happy returns to living legend John Williams and closing the show for this week. But before we go, speculation is rife as to what is John Williams' net worth. Some put it at $100 million, where other sources say $10 billion. Actually, it doesn't matter. John Williams' greatest value is having been able to provide such pleasure and joy to so many people over so many years. Happy birthday, Master, and thank you for the music. I'm Nick Plummer. Thank you for your company. See you next time FMR Goes to the Movies.